0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 117 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's me, Patrick, in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. My God, the weather is gorgeous outside. Meanwhile, out west in Saskatchewan, it is Justin, the Professor Anderson. Justin, is the weather as nice for you as it is for me? It is 13 degrees outside, not a cloud in the sky.
1: Uh, It was great. Friday and Saturday we had about fourteen as well. And then today it's back towards zero and super windy, but we'll be we'll get some rain this week by the sounds of it. Yeah, spring has sprung out here in the prairies though. It's awesome.
0: Oh, you'll love to see it, man. And you know what spring means? Baseball. Baseball. Oh yeah. <laughs> I am so excited. We are one week away, I think, or something like that. It's like a ten week days. and two days. <laughs> ten days away. We're ten days away from the start of the regular season for the Toronto Blue Jays, your Toronto Blue Jays, and I have to say, I'm excited. I know, I know you're excited, and I know everybody listening is excited. So let's just get right to it, because I can't wait anymore. I gotta talk about baseball right now. <laughs> if you like baseball and like talking about it, you can check us out on Twitter at BFMd Podcast. You can check us out on our website at bfmdpodcast.com. And if you got, you know, a half hour, 45 minutes, you can check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a whole bunch more to listen to some quality content about your Toronto Blue Jays. Justin, the thing I want to talk about before we get into all the news is there's this funny little thing that came up. It was about a week ago. Breaking news that came out via the Oakland Athletics. Due to the new record price of Bitcoin being you know, close to $60,000, the A's are now selling their suites for the whole season for one Bitcoin. Now, <laughs> I remember way, way back when Bitcoin had just started, and some guy was like, it's really easy to, to, to spend your Bitcoin. It's it's exactly the same as currency. You just here. I'll show you how to do it online. And he used 19 Bitcoin to pay for one pizza.
1: Yeah, he'd be buying the pizza company now.
0: Oh, it just, it hurts the soul. Um, <laughs> what do you think of cryptocurrency? I mean, obviously people are paying more attention to the stock market now because of uh, r slash Wall stocks. Street bets and meme <laughs> stocks and Apes strong together and they actually donated three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars to the Diane Fossey Gorilla Fund, which I thought yeah. was incredible. Um, hashtag Apes strong together. Uh, <laughs> what do you make of cryptocurrency and this and this now like pop culture that surrounds the stock market?
1: Yeah, I, I know a lot of friends who got into crypto kind of way back in the day when we were even when we were in high school and it first started to come out. And lots of them made a ton of money off of it. I, I I myself dabbled a little bit like three years ago. Um, I like put a little bit of money in a couple grand and then actually just like left it for a long time and just like sold it all recently with these big price spikes. So I made a little bit of money myself, but I can't pretend to know anything about it. Uh, I do focus on the stock market quite a bit. I do a lot of investing. I've got some Investor groups that I'm a part of, where we exchange like information and make people aware of stocks that might be up and coming, that kind of thing. So I I, I follow the, I follow the traditional market a lot more. So um, pretty big into that stuff. I know I use it as kind of an outlet to um, supplement my income and put some long term investments just to hopefully uh, help pay for a house someday. So yeah, I, I use it more so for like a long-term fun. I'm not trying to like get rich quick. Like some of these memers are. <laughs> or most Apes, of these memers, I guess. Apes strong together. <laughs> yeah. Apes
0: strong together. I know. I honestly, like when I read about the Diane Fossey thing, Yeah, I was like, these are the people who should have the money. Oh, and, they're going to give, they're going to yeah. give it to.
1: And lots of those meme guys are like, the meme stock guys are super smart. Like they, they found a loophole in the, in the market and good for them for being smart enough to find that so yeah they found an well, exploit and they shoved their fingers in it <laughs> they're <laughs> digging around for pain right now
0: i can i could tell you right now this will be the first and last time we ever talk about this on the show <laughs> yeah uh i just thought it was funny that you can now buy uh, one of the rinky dink <laughs> suites at oakland coliseum for one bitcoin i thought that was hilarious information um i promise you we will never talk about stocks again <laughs> on this show i might still say ape strong together though just because i like <laughs> the message i like the message let's get into baseball real baseball yeah tell me uh, about the news
1: sure well before i do i, I want to chat a little bit uh yesterday uh i took the baseball canada umpire super clinic we did something different this year um for those that are unfamiliar Canada has a five level umpire system. Levels 1, 2, and 3 are under the provincial jurisdiction and then once you get to 4 and 5 you enter the national program. Um I'm a level 3 umpire. I'm eligible to take my level 4, but I'm going to wait for a, a normal baseball season before I do that again. So like right now I'm eligible to do provincial and Western Canadian championships with my level 3 certification. Um so yesterday we got together for an online super clinic, which was the first time I'd ever done an umpire clinic online. Um, and we had kind of teamed up with the rest of the provinces around Canada. We had all 10, we had umpires from all 10 provinces on the, the clinic yesterday, uh, brought in some some MLB umpires to provide some of the course material, uh, Stu Sherwater, who is from Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, we brought in Trip Gibson, uh, Mike Malinsky, and a couple of other guys too that provided some insights. Uh, into the major the life of a major league umpire, as well as just sharing their knowledge of the game. So that was really cool. Uh, it was it was a short event, only about five hours, compared to a usual like two and a half day thing that we go through in person. Um, it'll be a little bit different, I know. It, it, it was, but it was, but it was fun to to get together with a bunch of guys from and, and gals from across the country and, and just talk baseball for a bit. So that was my uh, that was my Saturday afternoon yesterday. Um, getting into MLB news. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit of a call, uh, segment called Around the Horn here. So the Kansas City Royals, they extended their longtime catcher, Salvador Perez, who is a great guy, four years, $82 million, also includes a team option for a fifth season. That deal kicks in next year. Uh, Perez is 30. He came off a career-high season last year in the short season where he hit 333. I had, uh, I think, 11 or 12 home runs. He earned himself AL Comeback Player of the Year as well as a Silver Slugger Award. Of course, he missed all of 2019 recovering from Tommy John's surgery. Good to see that. Uh, I think it's a bit of an overpay, but do you have any thoughts on the Sal Perez deal, Patrick? Uh,
0: I mean, he's been good for a while. He's a good catcher.
1: Uh, Offensively his, league uh, average, but good catcher
0: yeah but i mean the season he just had was yeah was amazing um i don't know like for me like i like catchers i prefer catchers who are really good hitters as opposed to catchers who are really good defensively because i just think there's more upside like i'd rather have mike piazza than pudge rodriguez if you know what i'm getting at yeah (laughs) I, I don't like having a black hole in our lineup when Danny Jansen uh, struggles. Uh, and somebody like Salvador Perez, who's like just hitting his peak of his career now, he's 30 years old, he'll t- turn 31 during the season. Um, he's been great during spring training. He's hitting four oh seven in spring training. Uh, and whatever it is he's doing, uh, the Royals like what they see. Uh, What does this turn out for, for average annual, like his, his, the salary? It's like 20 mil. He's getting paid 14.2 million this year.
1: Yeah. That's a nice raise. Uh,
0: Yeah. It's juicy. I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the Royals, uh, even though I hate them. Um, (laughs) It sucks that he loses a year uh, of his career because I feel like he's got a lot left in the tank. And um, you know multiple time All-Star. He's been an all star every year that he played, aside from last year because there were no all stars. Yeah. Um, so uh, last two seasons he played, he's a silver slugger.
1: Yeah. No, he's a great, uh, a great catcher. Yeah, can't deny that.
0: He does. He does it all. So I mean, uh, also won the World Series with them when uh, they won back in 2015. Yeah. So and he was a big reason why as well actually uh that year he hit 21 home runs uh with 70 rbi he was just he was terrific so good for him um i wish we had a salvador perez maybe one day (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe uh maybe maybe it's riley
1: adams i doubt it but maybe you're right uh Uh, moving on to joey avato we had mentioned uh, a couple a week ago that he had had left reds camp after testing positive for covid 19 he is back at camp now so he's recovered from his battle with the virus good for him Glad to see him back on the ball field uh patrick has a spicy take we're going to talk a couple of draft prospects in a second here but patrick has a real spicy blue jays draft take what is it patrick let's get it on on record here
0: all right Everybody knows that this year looks like the year of some pretty elite pitching uh, in the draft, but I'm calling it now. With the 19th overall selection in the 2021 MLB draft, your Toronto Blue Jays will select outfielder Benny Montgomery. We desperately need outfield, and there's no chance of us being able to move up uh, enough to be able to draft some of the prospects we're about to talk about um so let's get an outfielder man we need one worth are <laughs> yeah. very thin very thin
1: okay so i'm calling
0: it now benny montgomery
1: benny montgomery and he's a high school outfielder right
0: that's right so it'll okay. be at least four years until he's ready to to get a sniff uh of uh, Good MLB. Stuff. all right but yeah
1: let's talk a couple of vandy boys here some commodores so uh on friday Uh, Number one MLB Pipeline Draft prospect Kumar Rocker struck out 14 batters over eight innings. He gave up two runs. Those two runs were the first he's allowed all season. His season ERA is at 0.54. And then, just because he did that, his teammate Jack Leiter, son of former Major Leaguer Al Leiter, had to come out and one-up him on Saturday. And he decided he was going to just mess around and throw a no-hitter. He walked the first batter of the ball game, Patrick. And then retired the next 27 in a row, including 16 via fastball strikeouts. All strikeouts <laughs> were via the fastball. So he was just blowing guys away. So these, yeah. these two guys have been a story basically every weekend uh, this, this spring so far. They've been absolutely lighting it up for Vanderbilt. These two guys are former teammates of uh, Austin Martin, obviously one of the better prospects in baseball and our number two prospect in our system. So Vanderbilt just continues to pump out baseball players. Like This school has a, like a tremendous history when it comes to pumping out great baseball players. And, and these two guys are projected to go number one and number six in the draft via pipeline right now. But I think a no-hitter might bump up that stock for Jack Leiter just a little bit more.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and uh, I know what you're all thinking, yes, indeed, uh, Jack Leiter is the son of former Blue Jays pitcher Al Leiter, he uh, was a lefty, well, uh,
1: but Jack Leiter a righty.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is which is interesting. But he, I believe he's also, is he not cousins of former Blue Jay Mark Leiter Jr.?
1: I am un, 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 unsure of that. Yes. I, I yes. try to I forget can confirm Mark Al. Leiter Jr.
0: <laughs> I can now confirm Al Leiter and Mark Leiter Sr. were brothers. Uh, and Mark Leiter Jr., who you'll recall uh, as being the absolute bane of my existence when he was <laughs> with the Toronto Blue Jays, which was the last team he played for uh, because he had Tommy John surgery uh, way back in March of 2019. No idea where he is today, what he's doing. I hope he's happy. I hope he's healthy. Um, but in the meantime, um, Mark Leiter Jr., at 30 years old, probably out of baseball, Jack Leiter, his career is just getting started.
1: Is it safe to say that Jack Leiter has already had a better major league career than Mark Leiter Jr.?
0: Mark Leiter Jr.'s career (laughs) war is negative one point something. So So yes. yes.
1: Okay, good. Yes. Because Jack's at a zero right now, so that beats him. (laughs) That's what we're getting at. (laughs) Uh, Over the last uh, week or so, MLB Pipeline was releasing their top farm systems in baseball. Of course, we we announced last show that the Jays were number seven. We've got the rest of the top 10 rankings now. I've also got the last playoff appearance for these teams. So the Tampa Bay Rays, no surprise, are still at number one in baseball. They were in the 2020 World Series and lost to the Dodgers. The Detroit Tigers make a big jump and move up to number two. Their last playoff appearance came in the 2014 ALDS. Everyone's favorite punching bag in baseball, the Seattle Mariners, really improved their farm system the last few years. They have not made the playoffs now since the 2001 ALCS. The Miami Marlins have not made the playoffs since this past season when they made the DS. Uh, they actually won a wild card series, which was very impressive for Miami. Their their farm system has really developed. The Orioles have not made the playoffs since Buck Showalter left Zach Britton in the bullpen against the Blue Jays in 2016.
0: The Padres
1: <laughs> made it to the DS in the National League in 2020. The Blue Jays made the wild card game. The Pirates are moving up the farm rankings as well. They've managed to trade away some of their MLB players for some prospects. Uh, And they obviously they moved up because they drafted for another show, Logan Hoffman, in the fifth round last year. So that's a big boon for them. Uh, 2015 Wild Card was their last appearance. The D-backs jumped a bit. They're up to ninth. They haven't made the playoffs since 2017 when they made it to the DS. And, of course, the Royals, as Patrick mentioned, their 2015 World Series, they're at 10th, and that is their last playoff appearance. They're the only team on this list whose last playoff appearance was a World Series win. Nobody else on this list has won a World Series since the Royals did, so they're obviously doing something, I guess, kind of right, rebuilding their prospect capital. But it seems like a lot of these teams on here, besides the Mariners, the longest playoff dread on here is the Tigers at six years. So um, a lot of these teams are just coming back into their own here. We had one, two, three, four teams who made the playoffs in 2020. Um, so just because these teams have good farm system doesn't mean they're not good baseball teams already. So that's what I want to point out. Uh, any surprises on this list for you, Patrick?
0: I am surprised that we are seventh. I didn't think that after basically emptying the cupboards uh, with all the boys, Bichette, Vigio, Guerrero, Guerrero, et cetera, all coming off, and uh, I think, kirk is also graduated too having all the boys graduate from the list and we're still seventh is pretty insane it just goes to show just how good our farm system is that we can have all these got regulars graduate and they're under team control for a long long time time and we still are top 10
1: extend them all
0: you don't see no dodgers on this list there's no uh there's no Yankees, there's no Red Sox, and the Red Sox are in rapid decline. So, I mean, you look at it, and it's there's three members of our division, uh, and I could tell you we're better than the Rays for sure this year. We weren't last year, um, but we're better than them now, and we're definitely better than the Orioles, and we have been since Buck Showalter left Zach Britton in the bullpen in 2016. <laughs> We've Wild got
1: there. to mention that as much as possible. Yeah, that the home
0: run is... is <laughs> fantasy yeah um but it it's just it impresses me that we've been able to sustain a top 10 spot in the prospect pool for what five years now we're pretty close to it
1: yeah it's been Um, a while
0: and guess what it's all been uh during the shapiro and atkins era nobody take that Anthopolis people nobody who Anthopolis drafted uh would still be in the prospect pool as far as i can think of Nobody uh, good, anyway. <laughs> and because um, they all would have graduated, because it's been five years. But also, the prospect pool had, was never this good under Anthopolis. So no, people, I understand. There's a, there was a lot of skepticism over Shapiro and Atkins because they had to blow up the team and rebuild it from scratch. But man, looking up, looking at this season right now, I wouldn't want to play the Blue Jays, and I wouldn't definitely would want to play them in the first round of the playoffs after last year.
1: All right. In in meth news, um, I haven't said that one before. <laughs> Cubs minor leaguer Jesus Camargo Corrales was pulled over uh, on St. Patty's Day when deputies said he was speeding and drifting between lanes, and he had some uh, some meth and some oxycodone in his in his backpack. So that's fun. Uh, good for him, I guess. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, in Mike Trout news, more positive news here. Uh, at Vin RBI on Twitter posted three days ago on the 18th. Here is Mike Trout's worst 60-game span of his career. A 1.8 wins above replacement, a 129 WRC+, 12 home runs, four stolen bases, a 250 average with a 319 on base, a 464 slug, which translates to a 783 OPS, uh, and a 342 weighted on-base average, so 30 points higher than his actual on-base. Those stats over 150 games would equate to a a four-and-a-half war with 30 home runs and 10 stolen bases. Over 18 seasons, an 81 career war, 540 home runs, and 300 stolen bases. Mike Trout's worst 60-game stretch is Hall of Fame caliber. Um, Here are a few Hall of Famers with 81 or fewer wins above replacement. Rod Carew, uh, the all-time leader in strikeouts, Nolan Ryan, Mike Mussina, I still can't believe Nolan Ryan has 5,700 strikeouts, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, Tom Glavin, Jeff Bagwell, Jolton Joe DiMaggio, Brooks Robinson, Robin Yount, Ozzie Smith, Paul Molitor, Johnny Bench, Mr. October Reggie Jackson, Frank Thomas, Jim (laughs) Tomei, Canada's (laughs) own Larry Walker, a.k.a. SpongeBob, Derek Jeter, overrated, Alan Trammell, and Barry Larkin. Some of the greatest MLB players of all time.
0: (laughs) Some of the best hitters of all time. Yeah,
1: and... Yeah, are are worse over their careers than Mike Trout's worst 60 games extrapolated to career numbers. Obviously he's not we're not saying that Mike Trout's worst 60 games are going to be his career numbers. He's obviously better than that. But that's just pretty that just goes to show you how I guess underappreciated Mike Trout's career has been so far and how wasted he's been in in Anaheim with the Angels cuz his worst 60 games are better than most big leaguers could ever hope uh Hope to be in their careers. It's
0: it's actually stupid. It hurts me how good, how fucking good at baseball Mike Fish Trout mad. is, and how his entire career is being wasted <sighs> in Los Angeles.
1: I haven't had a big audible sigh like that for a while, but I yeah, like I, I had won't. the pleasure to watch Mike Trout in in Anaheim last April, which seems or just two Aprils ago now in 2019. Um. And, yeah, like, the guy is just – he's a freak at baseball playing. He watches swing even, and he doesn't have, like, that big, like, looping follow-through where he let, holds a bat with the one hand. Like, he cuts the swing off, like, right after he hits the ball. He doesn't have to loop it around like a freaking like arm circle. He just hits the ball, and then, and that's it. It's just compact, short, hits the ball to all fields. Just, yeah, underappreciated. I hope that, uh, that the Angels return to relevance because it would be nice to see the best player – in baseball history playing meaningful games in the postseason anywho fish man, good <laughs> Fishman good let's talk some jays uh we've got three games to look at here friday saturday and today's game against the yankees on sunday on friday a great game for the boys an eight to one victory over the detroit tigers robbie ray continued his amazing spring he went five and a third gave up four hits his only run came on a solo homer walked only one batter and struck out seven. His spring ERA sits at 1.98. Tim Meza cleaned up the remainder of Robbie Ray's inning with two-thirds. His ERA is still at zero for the spring. Trent Thornton made his spring debut. Uh, He threw two innings with four strikeouts, an awesome start, Uh, 27 pitches, 20 strikes. Uh, Outstanding return to action, that tweet from Mike Wilner. David Phelps, continued his strong string by spring by striking out the side in his only inning, his ERA still sits at zero as well. Another note from Wilner here, Charlie Montoyo has raved about how well Robbie Ray and Alejandro Kirk have been working together this spring, suggesting he could very well keep them together. That's as clear an indication Blue Jays have given that Kirk is going to make the team. So that's, it's not a surprise to people because obviously he's playing way too, way too well to leave him down in the minors. But, um, the, the manager himself mentioned that it'd be tough to break up Ray and Kirk what,
0: what if what if Alejandro Kirk is the Salvador Perez we've wanted and needed all along
1: I mean he has a Spanish name so maybe uh there's something to it maybe he is Salvador Perez maybe there's two of them. <laughs>
0: Oh my god. Galaxy Brain, we have Salvador (laughs) Perez. His name is Alejandro Kirk.
1: He might be shorter, he might be a little bit more plump, but boy can he hit.
0: Yes. Man, shout out to Trent Thornton though. Um, Yeah,
1: good to see him back on the mound.
0: I'm not surprised. I called it. I've always been confident in Trent Thornton.
1: You've always found just like the the Blue Jays pitcher to cheer for Thomas Panone hype train now you're on the Trent Thornton hype train president and CEO of the fan club
0: (laughs) absolutely yes and I mean if you had any concerns whatsoever about Robbie Ray before the season began they should now be dead and buried he's got his groove back he is throwing just unbelievable stuff I wouldn't want to face him if even if I was Aaron Judge. I mean, this guy is just
1: yeah, blowing him down. That's good. It's great to see. We need that, and we'll talk I'll about why shortly. From that
0: game, will make the team, <laughs> yeah, including Tim Mesa. He should make. The
1: team. I see Tim Mesa in AAA, but just because his my because of his minor league contract, he doesn't have to pass. Through waivers, well, but he'll be up sooner than later, I would say.
0: I think he certainly has earned a roster spot over a certain someone who we will discuss a little bit later on when we talk about results. How about Jonathan Davis, though? Yeah, he's continuing to be great, Davis Spring.
1: More. Yeah, Jonathan Davis, two for four with another RBI. He hit leadoff that game. His spring average is sitting around like 400, I think, almost. Um, And and another guy that we've talked about a lot, Josh Palacios, is also two for three in that game. And one of his hits was a home run as well, too. So a couple of outfielders really battling for that uh, that fifth spot. Um, Other highlights from that game offensively, Vladdy was three for three. Uh, Alejandro Kirk and Santiago Espinal also hit home runs in that game for the Blue Jays. Uh, that was a great win. Offensive machine, the Detroit Tigers broadcast team is not very good, we'll say that. Um, on Saturday, we got to watch the Philadelphia Phillies broadcast team, who, not to be outdone, were even worse than the the Tigers. Um, <laughs> the, the, the most funny thing for me from the Phillies broadcast was how they mentioned that the Blue Jays have had the same uniforms since they broke into the league. What? Forgetting <laughs> which which is what I wish had happened because I wanna forget the years of the the Jays logo with the letters on the on the uniforms, the black Jersey The happy days. blue
0: the happy blue jay and then the very angry angry blue, blue jay. jay.
1: Yeah. Um and it's also oh funny God. because I believe one or two of the guys on that broadcast team played against the Jays in the ninety-three World Series. So, yeah, our uniforms were different back then, too. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Similar Just but let, different.
1: Let, but, yeah.
0: Let's, let's leave them be. Let's talk, They're let's terrible. talk about the star, the yeah. absolute star of this one.
1: Yeah, a 3-1 to one win for the Jays, by the way. Uh, the star of the game was everyone's favorite ace, Stephen Matz. <laughs> five innings, five hits, one earned run, a six-strikeout performance. Zero walks. His spring ERA ballooned all the way from 0 to 0.90.
0: What? Whoa. Whoa.
1: <laughs> ballooned, Patrick. Ballooned. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, Kirby Yates with an inning of two strikeout work. Tyler Chatwood still hasn't given up a hit this spring. He struck out another one. Joel Payams gave up a hit, walked one, but got through a clean inning. And then Travis Bergen came in and gave up a hit, but then struck out the side to earn the save in that game. But yeah, star of the show, uh just like Robbie Ray really did before, Stephen Matts another left-handed pitcher with uh with five strong innings of six strikeout baseball, Patrick.
0: Dude, we our rotation we're going to have three lefties. Give me more. <laughs> all the lefties. <laughs> all the lefties. Look, it pays to have righties, but all the lefty starters, give it to me. I love it. You'll love to see it. Steven Matz. uh, What if Steven Matz is the comeback player of the year?
1: He very well could be.
0: That's delicious. Is there anybody? Well, I guess Trent Thornton could potentially be a comeback player of the year. He's also coming off uh, injury and and general shittiness. So same with Robbie Ray. We could have three comeback players of the year. (laughs) Yeah. We could go one, two, three for comeback player of the year.
1: Um, I'm thinking. Offensively, that game, Gritch Daddy was two for three. (laughs) Bo Bichette broke out of his spring slump and hit two gappers, one to left and one to right for a couple doubles. And uh, Riley Adams, who is nowhere near the top of the catching depth chart, had a home run in his only plate appearance. And that came in the ninth inning. Um, Yeah, solid game. Great pitching from the boys. Uh, Only they, they scattered nine hits over their nine innings, so. Not a bad not a bad way to start the spring. And the, the, the batters also walked five times against ten strikeouts. Big story though, pitchers only walked one batter that game, which is huge for the Jays this year. Um in not such a great pitching performance. Ugh. Today's game on Sunday is televised on SportsNet, which by the way, it was great to hear Pat and uh, and Buck back together. Obviously we we missed Tabby in the booth last year. He was stuck at home in Connecticut, so him and so Dan and Buck did all the games last year, and we'll talk a bit more about broadcasting this season. But it was good to see Tabby back in the booth, and uh, Ben Wagner also did some uh, some kind of sideline reporting, I guess, around the ballpark today too. After his time on the radio the last few seasons, when again some
0: Hazel stuff.
1: Yeah, he did. He did Hazel's job for her since she's not in Florida. Um, today's game, though, not so great. It was a cold day in Dunedin. It looked windy and cloudy. And the Yankees came in and beat the Jays 8-3. to mm. Now, seven of those runs came off of Tanner Roark, who started the game, managed to only get one out in the first inning. Um, Anthony Castro came in to mop up the mess. Had, he got two outs, including one via strikeout. And then because of the re-entry rules in spring training, the Jays actually sent Roark back out for the second. He pitched another inning in the third. But his final line reads as such. Two and a third innings pitched, eight hits, seven earned runs, a walk, five strikeouts, and one home run allowed. His spring ERA jumped from the low threes up to 8.44, just from this one start. Um, I I watched the game. His breaking ball looked solid. He got most of his strikeouts that way but he could not get the fastball down the zone. He was leaving hangers just straight down the tube all day, and the Yankees are too good of a team. They started a lot of their regulars, including Aaron Judge and Luke Voigt today, who were teeing off on on real work. Um, AJ Cole looked okay in his inning. He gave up a hit and a walk, but managed to get out of it. Anthony K pitched four innings today, Patrick. Uh, he gave up two hits, two walks, which came in the same inning. Uh, struck out three and only gave up one run. Um, his ERA dropped down to 409 on the spring. He had a couple of rough outings going into this one, but it was good to see four solid innings from K today. You'll take that line over four innings uh, any day of the week. And then Kirby yep. Sneed came in for the ninth to finish off a clusterfuck of a game and uh, pitched a clean inning as well with one hit, but strike out a guy too. So um, Pitching was was not great on the starter side today. Everyone else who pitched in the game was okay. Unless you get to Rorick in a second, uh, the only offensive highlights today were three solo home runs from Marcus Semien, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and Kevin Smith, who needs to have a big year this year. Patrick, I'm just going to turn you loose on Tanner Rorick here. Do what you got to do.
0: This is the last time I'm going to acknowledge Tanner Rorick as a professional baseball player. <laughs> from now on, uh, whenever we talk about the rotation, I will assume that there is a vacant position in the rotation um, moving forward Tanner Rourke does not exist uh, when I when we actually start talking about the, uh, the roster uh, and what it, it uh, what it is going to consist of I acknowledge the fact that Tanner Rourke will be on the roster however uh, I'm going to pretend that he's not uh, I will not give any other explanations for this moving forward uh, I want to live it in a world where Tanner Rourke is not in our rotation <laughs> I'm sure he's a great dude. Nothing negative to say about him in that regard. I don't want him as a starter anymore. This is ridiculous. I don't understand why we're even bothering. Um, But moving forward, yes, I don't want to talk about Tanner Rourke at all.
1: Okay, enough said. Uh, Can we just say, though,
0: shout out out to Anthony K, though birthday boy. Birthday boy. uh, Throwing four solid innings. Uh, He only gave up two hits, uh, two walks. Is a little concerning uh but you know what it's his birthday he's allowed to give up a you know
1: yeah like i mentioned those both came in the same inning uh one of them scored uh after a stolen base and a double but besides that he had he had a great outing today three three really solid innings out of those four um yeah
0: i mean i don't even know i don't even know why we lost this game we scored three runs uh we only gave up you know one other run so Shouldn't it have been a 3-1 to one win? I'm not sure what happened the first 2.1 innings. <laughs> now, see, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's just, you know, I, I, I look at the stat line and I see his name. I just don't I, – look, I just don't – I want my rotation to have Trent Thornton. <laughs> and since Steven Matz has earned his way on, um, I want Trent Thornton in there. Does that still give us three lefties? Ryu,
1: it sure does, because Ryu, Ray, and Mats are the lefties.
0: Ryu, Ray, Mats, give give me some Trent Thornton, and then chicken strips, I guess.
1: Yeah, for now, I'll t-
0: <laughs> if the number five is gonna. We're gonna have like twenty seven number. Just five put Anthony
1: Kane there, and we can have four lefties in our rotation.
0: Oh, oh my god. god, I'd love it, and then our entire bullpen should just be lefties.
1: <laughs> Tim Mazo is definitely we need making to acquire this team. all left-handed <laughs> pitchers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in some news, um, we had mentioned last episode that, that Tom Hatch had left the game with uh, some elbow issues. Uh, Caitlin McGrath, at Caitlin McGrath on Twitter. Great writer for The Athletic, by the way. Subscribe to that website if you're interested in some really good uh, content on sports in general. Uh, right-handed pitcher Thomas Hatch has mild right elbow inflammation. The team is still gathering more information. We won't know much until that inflammation subsides a little bit. They took an MRI. Uh, doesn't seem like the injury is serious, but there's no timeline yet, so we can't. Uh, we unfortunately can't speculate. Um, then we we promised some news on. What was I gonna say on the 2021 broadcasts? A uh, friend of the show, Dan Schulman, today put out a nice thread on Twitter for all of us. I'm just going to read this out. It's going to take me a minute, so bear with me. Hey, everyone. And by everyone, I mean specifically Blue Jays fans. In this case, I thought with Buck and Tabby calling the game today and with me getting a bunch of questions about this, it might be a good time for a thread on some of the particulars for our broadcasts this season. If you're the kind of person who is into behind the scenes broadcasting stuff, this thread is for you. If you're not, no offense taken. Uh, So with the Jays being the only team facing a border issue, our crew has some unique challenges as well. Here's how things will start off. As long as the Jays are playing home games in Dunedin, which they will for their first two home stands, Buck and Tabby are going to call those games from TD Ballpark down there. I will call the road games with either Buck or Tabby. I'll call them from a studio at Sportsnet, and Buck or Tabby will have it set up in their homes for those games. So this is going to take a bit of getting used to since other than the Dunedin games, we won't be at this at the park and the two announcers won't be in the same place. I did this on college basketball for ESPN this winter and it's doable. And we have an amazing crew of people making sure all the technology will work. We'll get it all sorted out. And the games will soon sound just like they did last year when Buck and I called the games from the Tim and Sid studio. Things will change. Of course, when the Jays move to Buffalo or Toronto, um, both scenarios will require us to juggle the plan because of the challenges COVID and travel present. So as you can see, there's a lot going on, but nothing that can't be figured out. In terms of simulcasting, in, refer- in referencing that there's no radio broadcast at Sportsnet this year, we have had several conversations, both internally within our crew and with management, about the two distinct audiences and differences between calling games on TV and radio. And I promise you that we are going to do the best we can for both groups. It will take a bit of time to try to find the proper balance, but we will give it our best. Hang with us while we figure out some things as we go. There's a lot to be excited about this season, and I hope you're looking forward to it as much as we are. Enjoy today's game with Buck and Tabby, and I will see you on opening day. In brackets, sorry this was so long. Um, that's a great thread from Dan, really explaining the kind of the ins and outs of the logistical nightmare that is broadcasting in the COVID world. And specifically broadcasting for a team who cannot play anywhere near their home ballpark due to border restrictions. Now, one thing I want to mention, there was an interview with Mark Shapiro the other day where he had a quote in there that was something along the lines of, I've got it on good authority that within like two to four weeks so the next month, our our players are going to be fully vaccinated. So, there may be a plan in place to get vaccines in play for these, for these ball players. Obviously, the United States is much further ahead of their vaccine rollout than, than Canada in terms of getting people their first vaccination. So, the whole border restrictions thing may not be as big of an issue once the team and personnel are, are vaccinated. I'm sure the Jays at that time, as he said, would put in a formal uh, request to the Canadian government to allow them to resume playing in Toronto. Uh, But that's a great thread from Dan. Um, Any thoughts on on the broadcast plans for this season, Patrick? Nothing really surprising.
0: Man, shout out to uh, Buck and Dan and Tabby for rolling with this. Yeah. These guys are absolute soldiers, man. Pros. They're out there. They are pros. It sucked not having Tabby last year.
1: Yeah, I know like Dan he, he provides Buck, good insight.
0: Dan and Buck are great and they can do the, do the whole thing by themselves for sure. But Tabby is like he adds that extra flavor. It's what? I like having all of our all of our team in one place. Yeah. getting you know, we need Hazel and we need Tabby and we need Buck and we need Dan. We need them all there at once.
1: Yeah, and And, how are we supposed to know which guys have soft hands and look like ball players if Tabby's not there to tell us?
0: Exactly. We (laughs) We need those. Nice, crisp swing. (laughs) Got that classic swing. He looks like a
1: ball player, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love Tabby, man. Like, uh, I, I joke about it all the time, but yeah, nothing but respect for Tabby. It was weird not having him last year. Obviously, he did a lot of the pregame stuff, which, by the way, yeah. got to give shouts to Jamie Campbell and the pregame show crew as well. Joe Siddle and all the guys involved there tried to because those guys do a great job as well. Um, the Thanks Jays guys. do have a great broadcast crew, like all through the whole production, whether it was on radio, TV, or pregame, postgame. It's a pretty good crew at Sportsnet. Tabby. We're definitely lucky. <laughs>
0: Let's not forget Tabby is the most clutch hitter in the history of MLB with the bases loaded. Yeah, like a
1: 500 average or something crazy.
0: 43 for 88.
1: Yeah, that's bonkers. The (laughs) GOAT.
0: The GOAT. World Series champion in
1: 1992.
0: Yes, sir. I love it. Yeah. We need Tabby back on this team. We need him. Get him back. We need everybody in the house. And you're right, Jamie Campbell... That's the thing. Like I, I know like we could poop on Rogers all we like, and it's easy. They make it very easy. That team that we have doing our broadcasts, absolutely stacked. Yeah. Best, best of the best. See, you probably heard that meow in the background. Freddie agrees. <laughs> Freddie agrees. We got everybody. We got Hazel. Man, I am so excited. We're looping right back to the start of this episode. I am so excited for baseball. Spring is here. I can't I just can't wait till like the dog days of like July. And it's like we're playing game number like seventy-four. We are getting a hundred
1: and sixty-two ball games this year. The Jays played sixty-two games last year, including their two playoff games. So we're getting more than double that. We're getting two and a half times that. The next six
0: months are nothing but baseball. Baseball. Oh my god, yes. So excited. Shout out to Dan though for that thread. It really it gives us that insight, kind of that inside yep. baseball kind of kind of feel to it. Uh, very cool. Um,
1: let me uh, let me yeah. list some reasons to be excited about twenty twenty one. If you're a Blue Jays fan, first off, the obvious one hundred and sixty two games. But included in those games, uh, we've got George Springer. We've got the first full seasons in Blue Jay uniforms from Hyunjin Ryu, from Vladimir Guerrero Jr., from Bo Bichette from Kevin Biggio. Um, (laughs) Those are four guys who we haven't seen play a full season in in the Jays uniform yet. We've got some prospects coming. We've got Nate Pearson. We've got Alejandro Kirk. We've got great guys like Alec Manoa and Samin Woods-Richardson who are going to push the envelope uh, this season in the minor leagues. We've got great prospects in Jordan Groshans and Austin Martin who are going to get their... Really really our first look at them in upper minor leagues play this year too. So this, this is like a... This is a this is a year of like excitement in the big leagues but also looking forward at what's coming next year too. Like this this Jays team, guys who are listening right now is set up to win for the next like 5 to 7 years with the amount of depth that we have not only on our active roster but coming in the pipeline. So if 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 for some reason you have no pulse, maybe you're undead and you are not excited for the Blue Jays season this year, like give your head a shake, take a look in the mirror and like just punch yourself in the face a couple times, to get that blood pumping again because this is going to be a fun summer. It's going to be Wake awesome.
0: Up. It is going to be <laughs> Yeah. an awesome summer. This is it, man. I'm so hyped. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's go.
1: Yeah, and the best part is is that we'll be here with you every step of the way, taking you through all of the game recaps, breaking news as it happens. Uh, following us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast, listening to us on all these different platforms like Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and also online at bfmdpodcast.com. That's it for us today. Episode 117 is in the books. For Patrick out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We're going to see you again in a few days.